Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning into the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 72nd edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to get into is some NBA. Uh, before we get into the draft, that's about to start tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk about the New York Knicks. Uh, rumors going around that they want to trade, possibly trade for Zingas. Uh, what do you guys think about that with news coming around? I mean, it's just more for, I mean, my running th- theme for the Knicks all through the season that I had is just they are a dumpster fire. Uh, the The rumor with this is, like, it's not a trade really that they want. It's just Porzingis is pushing the issue. And it's basically because the the youngest player on the team, basically their young star, has also become fed up with Phil Jackson and how terrible he is, and he doesn't want to play for him. So uh, they're pushing the issue where basically if there's a decent trade out there, he'll leave, or he wants the owner to fire Phil Jackson or or Phil to resign. So, I mean, that just tells you how ridiculous this team is where you got a Mm -hmm. 20-year-old basically saying, all right, yeah, I can't play for this guy. Yeah, you know, I think it kind of shows how much power the players are having these days where, you know, one player shows a little bit of displeasure with what's going on with the organization and then trade rumors start flying around and they get pretty serious. You know, sometimes something happens, sometimes something doesn't. But, um, you know, it's it's no longer up to, you know, front offices anymore as to whether a player is going to be traded or not a lot of times it's going to be up to the player now and uh you know it's just kind of an interesting spin that the nba has been taking you know it, you know within the last decade um but you know I, I also think right in line with darnell that it just shows how bad of a place that the knicks are in um nobody really wants to be there um nobody's happy with the direction nobody's happy really with anything going on uh you know, Carmelo, everybody's just waiting for something to happen with him as well. And if Carmelo and Porzingis are both off that roster, what do they have? I mean, they, they literally have nothing. And uh, it, I don't think that's a spot we want to see the Knicks in. Um, I mean, let's be real, Joe Kim, Noah, and Derrick Rose really aren't doing anything. So uh, just nothing has seemed to go right for them lately and Przingis leaving would just be another thing to add to the list. Yeah. I mean, with, with Mello, I guess rumors are coming up that a buyout is even possible with him. Yeah. If they, if he can't uh, find a team, he'd be fine being traded to, to waive his claws. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so, some team <laughs> Cleveland might be getting him <laughs> on the cheap next year. If he, uh, if he was to get bought out, but do do you think do you think Carmelo would be willing to be quote unquote a cheap option? You know, or do you think uh, he's still going to want his? Well, it's he, the contract would be cheap, but I mean, even if he is bought out from the Knicks, it's going to be probably not nah, sixty seventy five cents on a dollar. So he he's going to get a big lump sum. So that's, he'll be fine true. playing. Plan a year or two for a veteran's minimum, because that'll yeah. just basically make up what he lost out of the buyout. Yeah, that's true. And you know, I think it'd be very interesting to see that happen because with Durant going to Golden State, how are we going to react to when a big star goes to Cleveland? 
especially yeah. if they could find a way to do it with keeping both Love and Irving. Because mm-hmm. um, I know we'll dip into it in a little bit, but it looks like they're going to have to move one of the two if they're going to want to get another big piece. But I think it'd be very interesting if they could find a way to get Carmelo Anthony, like you said, on that cheaper deal and keep the three that they currently have intact. Because, I mean, Golden State was able to pull that off. Um, granted, they did a little differently with players taking cheaper contracts, uh, signing for probably less than they're worth. But um, I, I just think if we were to see Melo go to Cleveland or you know, whoever, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they work that out. Yeah. Now, how do you think this guys, uh, this will play off for, uh, for the Knicks, uh, this season? You think they'll actually get rid of Phil or you think they had trade, um, Brzingis or what? Like, what do you think? If they suck, yeah. If they suck, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're going to be left with much option. If the team's going downhill and the players don't like it, players don't want to leave there. Uh, your two big stars want to leave. Um, the Knicks can't afford as a franchise with where they're located to be without one main attraction player. Um, I mean, New York, which used to be a, you know, the hub for the star players, you know, them East Coast and, you know, LA West Coast. Uh, I don't know that that city can afford to have two terrible teams. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically becoming a like a hostage situation with the Knicks. Uh, it's going to come down to ownership making a tough choice, which really makes me uh, have an even even lower opinion of anything really happening because I feel like uh, Dolan is using Phil Jackson as a shield for him taking all of these bullets about how bad the organization is being run. Uh, because you have Phil making misstep after misstep, you know, he's never available to uh, explain things that are going on. I mean, like this whole season, the, it seemed like the spokesman for anything that happened in the front of- office was Carmelo Anthony. Like he, yeah. he had to answer for everything for the ridiculous things Phil would say in, in the few interviews he would give about how he's a ball stopper and mm-hmm. all the bad things that he said about him. And, and, and where, how, how do you have this going on with an organization? How, how was he not fired for all of that going on last year? Uh, I think it's just, we're at a point, Phil is making so much money that he's not going to resign. They're going to have to fire him. So at least he gets the full amount of his contract. Uh, cause he's not going to walk away from it, which means he, there, you're going to have disgruntled players. Uh, so Przingis is probably going to be traded or, you know, just be playing under duress. And at some point they're either going to, going to cut or, or trade mellow. So, I mean, some things will happen. I don't know if everything will happen that they want. Probably the best thing for the team would be to fire Phil Jackson, but I'm just not sure it's going to happen. Do you, do you think that there could be potential that even the fans kind of turn and don't go to the games, or do you think with New York being the place it is, fans will always go? You would think with a market like that that they would at some point turn on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
that that's the biggest market in America and they, they have a vocal fan base. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at some point you would think they would stop giving the Knicks their dollars until they make a smart decision. Uh, but I mean, it, it is, it is their basketball team. I mean, that time of year, they're, they're the biggest show in New York. Yeah, I'll tell you, since 2014, they've been top five in attendance. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not like the fans are, you know, demonstrating that they're just, you know, displeased with the organization. They're showing up. So really, as long as butts go in the seats, I mean, I don't know how that front office is saying, like, things are going wrong. It's not like there's a, they look out and see nobody showing up and thinking, man, we're, we're bad. Like, people are still showing up. And I wonder if they kind of say, hey, as long as, you know, butts are filling the seats, we'll be all right. Well, I mean, we we know that all too well from the Lions here. Yeah. I mean, how long they've been terrible, but people still yeah. show up. They'll yeah. complain about it every every Monday. Yeah. They you still know, show up. It, I, I will say, when the Pistons took that dip, uh, what would that have been, roughly 2010? So mm-hmm. In those years, like, people quit going. You can get, you yeah. can get cheap tickets. Like, you can get lower bowl $25 tickets. And, you know, I wonder if that's what it's going to take, you know, something drastic like that for the Knicks to realize how bad it actually is, especially that front office. I mean, yeah, I I think in any pro sports situation, that is all it will ever take is the fans, you know, speaking by not giving their money for season ticket holders to stop. Uh, purchasing mm-hmm. more tickets and yeah, and people stop showing up. That's, that's the only way to for sure make something happen. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, a lot of people just don't want to give up their, their sports or their seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, that, that's, that's the only way. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now we're about to get into Dwight Howard. Uh, last night we found out that the Hawks have sent Howard and the, their 31st pick, uh, to Charlotte for Miles Plumley, Marco Bellinelli, and their 41st pick. Thoughts on hearing that, guys? Did, did, that did you guys, oh, yeah, yeah, did, did you see the Twitter exchange that went on? Like, did you see that, Darnell? Howard, when he asked for fans' opinion. Yeah. 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 Let's do some, you know, trade Q and A and then like two minutes later he's traded. <laughs> yeah, it was that was, that was funny. But yeah, go ahead. Well was, like I thought it was a little odd since you know Atlanta Yeah had a seven you know, they gave him pretty deal there. Yeah. For three years. Gave him a pretty sizable contract. Yeah. yeah. And he got through one season of it and now he's getting shipped off. I mean I know he had a, a down year as far as far as uh Offensive production goes. I thought he was still solid defensively. Uh, still crashed the boards, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess they they figured they paid him too much. They got some else to take it off their hands. Uh, but it just seems like Atlanta is also in that line of teams trying to dump salary for next summer uh, mm-hmm. as free agent class. Yeah, I, I think Atlanta just really heard that. Joy Howard is going to try and work on his three-point shooting, and they wanted to get him out as quick as they could. Uh, we've all seen Dwight Howard shoot a ball. It's not very pretty. Yeah. But uh, 
I think the first thing that came to my mind is just how low is Dwight Howard sunk that this is what he's being traded for? Like, he got traded for bench guys and a pick that will most likely be a deal league guy. Bench guy. <laughs> yeah, or, or a, or a deal league guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, what? Four years ago, he could have been traded for a top pick. Yeah. Now we're looking at him. Four years ago, people wouldn't dream of trading him. No, that's you're right. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right. So to, to me, I think that's just what I gathered from the Dwight Howard trade. Just how how low thing here in his career. It's it's unfortunate because you know a part of me still wants to see Dwight Howard as the guy pulling down you know twelve boards a game and monster jams on everybody, but. You know, eventually, you know, age gets on you, injuries get on you, and, you know, it's sad that kind of this is the way he's going to be leaving the league. I can see him being traded a couple more times before the end of his career. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if next year a team making a playoff push tries to get him at the deadline or a team that feels like they could use him uh, heading into the playoffs could make a deal for him next year. But, uh yeah, just... It just seems like he's just sunk pretty low in his career that this is what he's being traded for. Like, I would have never put Miles Plumley and Marco Bellinelli in the same sentence with Dwight Howard until the trade went down. Yeah. Well, question. How yeah. much of this do you think is due to, you know, the injuries he's had? He's had the back mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. And how much is it due to basically the style of basketball that the NBA plays now has yeah. kind of passed him by? Like, oh yeah, um, more wide w- open and spread out now. Yeah, I think we will. I think we'd hear the latter part of that more than we would the first half. Like, it's no hidden secret that Dwight Howard's fought injuries. It's no hidden secret that you know, like let's be real, the guy's been in the league for you know over twelve years. I think he's in his thirteenth or fourteenth year. Um, so it's not, it's not like he's, you know, a new kid on the block anymore, but in reality, we're, we're watching, you know, Golden State transform the NBA. Uh, Cleveland made moves to try and do what they're doing. Like, let's be real. You don't sign Kyle Korver to play a different style of basketball than what Golden State's running. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at their roster, he was the odd man out. He was, he was one of the guys that couldn't shoot. He was one of the guys that doesn't run the floor very well. Uh, we're seeing a lot of teams start to go to that spread, you know, that spread spread the floor offense and ball movement and shoot, shoot a lot of threes. Uh, it's just the way the NBA is going. So I, I would personally lean toward, you know, there seems to be a certain style of basketball that's winning right now. And that's what I think teams are trying to really tap into, figure out who are their shooters. Um, we're holding a ton of value in shooters right now, and we're gonna. I think we're gonna see that in the draft. We're gonna talk a lot about, oh, this guy's a good shooter, like uh, with our Pistons. You know, that's one of the things they're saying the Pistons need to draft. They need to draft a shooter. Um, and Dwight Howard is just none of that. He's not a run the floor. He's not a shooter. Like, unless he's in the paint, I don't want him touching the ball. Mm-hmm. So it. If it if it were me, I'd be I'd be saying it's just not the style that the NBA is moving toward right now. Like we've been saying it for the last few years, like the game's not revolving around the center like it did in the '80s, and uh, 
yeah, I think the game's passing him by, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I still think he could serve a purpose somewhere with a team as a rib protector, but I mean, I don't know that anybody's willing to dip into that contract in order to just get him to protect the rim. It's not yeah. worth it. All right, guys, uh, any more thoughts on Dwight? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next, we're about to talk about the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they made a trade also. Uh, the Lakers traded Timothy Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell for the Nets to the Nets for Brooke Lopez and their 27 pick. Uh, starts on this trade. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we see the Lakers actually come out as winners here. Uh, in, in a couple, in a couple of ways. Yeah, you're giving up D'Angelo Russell, who, you know, he's looking promising. Um, he, he looks like he'll be able to, you know, lead an offense. I know before the show, I was telling you guys, I don't expect him to be great or anything. I expect him to just be able to run an offense and be a starter and just, just be a solid guy in the NBA. Um, but they're, they're getting rid of Mozgov, which, I know Trey, you hated the fact that they were paying him that much money when they signed him in the first place. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, you know, so to be able to ship Mozgov out is a plus pretty much no matter what you get in return. Uh, getting rid of Ruff wasn't too bad, but Magic Johnson came out and said the only piece they're not going to move is Brandon Ingram. So really, you're getting a guy that's going to be your starting center for, you know, 70 games a year. Uh, which is, is a nice addition to be making. And then they're also getting that second first round pick that they were looking for. Um, what their plan is for that pick, I'm not real sure. I wouldn't be too shocked if they maybe make a look at, uh, DJ Wilson late in the first round with that pick. He's a guy who spread the floor, shoot three, be a big man. Uh, well, he'd probably be power forward, but, um, he's from Sacramento. So he's from that California state. Um, I just think he could be an interesting fit there, you know, since they're going to be taking a point, most likely taking Lonzo Ball in the first round. Um, but yeah, I think LA comes out as winners here in this trade. I actually liked it. You know, I told you, Trey, uh, you know, big upgrade from Mozgov. Yeah. Um, and a guy that could put the ball in the hoop, which is something they've, the Lakers have struggled with. Um, he'll be just a solid force down low. Um, he, he'll snag some more rebounds this year for you, Trey. Don't worry about that. Uh, I know that's a big concern for you. He didn't even average six boards a game last year, but yeah. uh, I, I think that'll pick up. I think we'll see him get closer to 10 boards. Um, and I think he'll be a solid addition for the Lakers. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the this was a smart move for the Lakers, in my opinion. Uh, they they dumped a bad contract, a terrible contract in Mozgov. Uh, got rid of a young asset in Russell. Uh, but I mean, I guess if this looks like it, they're clearing the way to draft Lonzo Ball, uh, which I mean, it it would be tough trying to figure out what to do there. I know they they play Russell off the ball a lot, so he probably would have shifted to the two if they kept him. But we we had the issues from last year, and yeah, I guess it it never really seemed like Magic Johnson was a big fan of him even before he got into the organization. So I'm not shocked that he was part of this move. Uh, you know, just with every regime change in the front office, you want to get guys in there that uh, you're more comfortable with. So uh, 
that might might have just been seen as a distraction that needed to, to go away. Mm-hmm. And like I said uh, in the last segment, uh, teams are trying to get rid of bad contracts uh, for what's to come uh, next summer. I mean, you'll have LeBron as a free agent. You'll have some other big names as free agents, and and I think the, I think the Lakers are tired of being, uh, you know, garbage in this time of of the super teams. That I, I, I think they they want to get back to where they should be. You know, we just had that thirty for thirty, uh, Lakers or Celtics uh, documentary. They want to get back to those days where they're in the finals, basically half of a decade or. 70% of a decade and with the team they have right now, I don't see that coming. So, uh, they're going to start trying to clear space. I wouldn't be shocked if, if we don't see a few more trades come, uh, even before the season starts, just to dump some more, uh, salary, like Luel Ding might be on the, on the move because, you know, that might be some sunken money, uh, for them as well. Uh, but I think they're going to try to make some nice moves like in the draft or using uh, draft picks they've accumulated to get like decent cheap players. So uh, this will be looked at as a rebuilding year so they can maybe get one or two max players next summer. Yeah. You know, speaking of getting those max players next summer, you know, Paul George seems to be the real name swirling around the Lakers mm-hmm. um, when it comes time for those players to sign with teams. And, getting rid of a contract like Mozgov's, which was really just like throwing money at a wall and watching it fall to the ground. Uh, getting rid of a contract like that, that's big in order to try to sign these bigger name players, more talented players. Um, and let's be real, Mozgov was not the reason people were coming to see the Lakers. <laughs> like, like j- just being real, like, like I said with, like I said with the Knicks, the Lakers are a franchise that thrives off of having a player that'll put butts in the seats. They had it with Magic Johnson. They had it with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They had it with Kobe. You know, they had it with Shaq. They've, they've always seemed to have a player that brought the people in. And over the last couple of years, they just haven't had that at all. They haven't, I mean, granted, Kobe was still a draw for, for a long time and as he should have been, but, um, that franchise for a long time was looking post Kobe and seeing no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I think getting rid of Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell is the beginning of seeing light at the end of the tunnel for them. It's going to bring them a lot of availability. Uh, it's going to be able to, like Darnell said, they can sign some players in the meantime. Uh, but when it comes time for the big summer next year, uh, they'll be able to be serious players. Trey, yeah. since this is your since this is your Lakers, and and Ty brought up a name, the the Lakers have been pretty much garbage for what better part of six seven years now. Yeah, I say so. Yeah. How how much blame do you put on your boy uh, for his last few deals that he signed? <laughs> as, as being, yeah, for, for, for this downturn. I'll be honest, man. Those contracts uh, for Kobe, um, you know, they if he would have took less money, they definitely would have helped um, for sure. Uh, especially, you know, just they weren't getting anything really out of him. He was getting injured a couple of times out of the uh, – he got injured uh, when he was with the contract that he had and whatnot. So 
it's, you know, I could definitely put it on my dog, Kobe, but, you know, he did a lot for the organization. You know, if he wanted some money, I can understand him saying, hey, you know, here's a good, you know, pardon away gift. But uh, if he definitely decided to took a, a pay cut uh, for the team, he it, it definitely would have helped. Uh, I would have said that it, it would have been nice uh, looking forward right now. Um, they would have think they would have been a little bit better um, if he would have took a pay cut. Yeah, I mean, how how can you not look at what Golden State's doing right now and seeing a player like Steph Curry take a pay cut? Yeah, see and really see a few guys on that team take pay cut and be very unselfish with their, you know, standing in the organization. And I mean, it's paid dividends two championships in three years. How can you not look at that and be like Kobe kind of screwed it over in the end? I mean, he could have brought any number yeah. of guys to come in and play with him. Yeah, I was just wondering thoughts on it. I mean, I would never say Kobe didn't deserve the money he was paid, uh, especially for that organization. But uh, especially in those last couple of years where, I mean, he, he's never been the most efficient player for as good as he is. Yeah. Uh, but I think that his efficiency basically went off a cliff those last three, four years where he's still, you know, all the shots were coming his way and just his alpha personality. He, he drove some free agents away from playing with him and plus yeah, his contract. Like Marcus Aldridge, uh, that was what yeah. I was hoping yeah. that would have came there to replace, uh, Powell, uh, when he left, but didn't happen, man. So yeah, it's, yeah, it would have helped a lot if he would have took that pay cut. Yeah. Just, just was wondering if, if, <laughs> if you would, if you would fall on the sword and admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And like, like I said, I can admit it. Yeah. But you know, yeah, I can, I can understand Kobe, you know, hey, I brought championships to you guys, you know, give me a good partner away gift. But you know, it's business. Uh, you got to look, uh, towards getting those good players in so you can win more championships. So if you would have took that pay cut, uh, they would have been better off right now. Uh, definitely. So. Uh, but yeah, you know, you, you guys basically covered it for me. Um, I hate to see Russell go for this trade. Uh, I was a fan of watching Russell go out there and ball out for him. Uh, he's had some pretty good games with him this year. Uh, so I hate to, uh, see the guy go. Uh, I know a lot of people saying, uh, part of the reason was his, um, immaturity problems, uh, with previous things that happened with the Lakers. So hate to see him go. Uh, but I definitely love the upgrade from Timothy Mozgov. Uh, Brooke Lopez, he's a very talented athletic big. Just hopefully, uh, like you guys touched on it, uh, he can rebound more. I like my bigs able to go out there, grind it out and get those boards. So, um, as long as he can go out there, still, you know, put points on the board and grab a couple more boards, uh, than he did last year, uh, things are looking good. And hopefully they can use that extra pick in the first round to, uh, get another player that can help him out as well. So. But all right, guys, uh, anything left for New Jersey and L.A.? Well, for stars, it's Brooklyn these days. <laughs> well, but, Brooklyn, uh, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. All right. Okay. Uh, well, still, Mike, could talk a little bit about L.A. Uh, about to get right to uh, Paul George and the Pacers. Um, rumors going around crazy that Paul George, he wants to go to L.A. and play, so... Um, just thoughts on this, uh, do you guys think they'll make a deal? Uh, I was reading, um, actually, I think they wanted to try to actually make a deal. The Lakers would want to make a deal, uh, so they could get Paul George before the draft, uh, somehow, but 
uh, that's coming up. But just what are you guys' uh, thoughts on the whole Paul George Pacers situation? Uh, where you think he'll be moved, or like, well, how you? What are you thinking? Oh, I thought I thought you were about to take it there. No, no, go for it. All right. Well, I mean, in in looking at Paul George's situation, there's there's really not many options for the Pacers here. Uh, he he only has a year left on his deal, so I mean that that pushes Indiana towards you know trying to look to move him so they can get something instead of losing him for nothing. But uh, trade wise, I think there's really only two options, and that's uh, L.A. and Cleveland. Uh, but with Cleveland's disarray right now, with uh, not renewing their general manager's contract and, you know, the rumblings that the team might be in a little bit of a disarray because of this. And with the questions around LeBron, like it seems like the Lakers are basically there and they're holding all the cards because it's basically you can work out a trade with us now or we'll just pay him next summer because look at us. We just dropped this uh, Timothy Mozgov contract and, Others will come off the book, so we will be able to pay Paul George what he needs. Or you can trade him to us, so we'll have his bird rights, and then we can give him possibly a bigger deal. So uh, the the Pacers are just between a rock and a hard place right now. They don't have many options uh, because you know any other team that would think about trading with them, they're going to want some kind of guarantee that Paul George is willing to sign a long-term contract with him, and I don't think that's going to be the case with anybody else but L.A. or, like I said, possibly Cleveland, but it's looking iffy there. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he, he's already come out and said he's not coming back to Indiana. So at that point, you'd almost think they'd want to try and trade him. So they get something for him in return rather than absolutely nothing. Uh, it would hurt to lose a big player like that. You know, just get absolutely nothing in return and, and you just watch him succeed somewhere else. Like, that's just tough uh, for any team in any sport when it comes to a star player like that. But, you know, in terms of him, the Lakers, uh, the Lakers will have the availability to to pay him. Uh, they're, they're not paying anybody through the roof while the only player they're really paying way too much for at this point is Lou Dang, and I still don't understand that one. Um, like you said, they got rid of Mozgov. Uh, Jordan Clarkson's the only guy they, they owe over 10 mil over on their roster, really, for the next however many years until uh, all the contracts are up. So you're only paying really two guys on the roster over 10 mil. Uh, I mean, granted, they might be overpaying a couple other guys, but they, they have, you know, Brandon Ingram on rookie contract. Uh, they'll have whoever they draft number two on rookie contract. So they'll, they'll have nice young pieces, uh, but still have the availability pay-wise to get uh, Paul George. That's who they choose to really go after. Um, I don't really know what their interest level is in Jimmy Butler, but, you know, I think Paul George is the fit there uh, personally. So um, I think it can happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen. Uh, just 
you know, speaking in dollars, it makes sense. Uh, speaking in uh, style of play, the kind of player that the Lakers need, it makes a lot of sense. They don't really have just a stone cold score. Uh, Paul George can offer that to them uh, just as long as he stays healthy as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he'd be a good fit for LA. I'd like to see him go there and make the Lakers a little more exciting again. Um, and with that second pick of the draft, all eyes will be on that player as well. So yeah, I would like to see it happen for sure. Definitely. Okay. You have anything else to add to that, Darnell? No. Okay. We got it all covered there. Real quick, Trey, do you want Paul George there? Hell yeah, man. Definitely. That's a stupid ass <laughs> <All right>. question, Ty. <laughs> well, well, you may say, hey, I'd rather get Gordon Hayward here. I don't know. If somehow, I would love to uh, definitely see if they could somehow get both. Uh, but um, Paul George, I think he's a little bit um, better than Gordon Hayward. But if they were to get Gordon Hayward over Paul George, uh, how Gordon Hayward played last year, if you can keep that up. Uh, I definitely would have been disappointed either way, but uh, I would definitely like to see Paul George there. So. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I think they're working on more than one max player. Yeah, so, so I, I'd yeah. like, yeah, like, like I said, I will. Uh, hopefully, you know, if everything would go right for me, I would like to see uh, George and Hayward uh, in a Laker uniform together. Uh, so if they could somehow make the moves and make that happen. I would like to see it, but out of the two, I would pick uh, Paul George over Hayward. So, Is Hayward next summer, too, his contract? Uh, Hayward is, yeah, I believe he's next summer. Uh, look it up real quick. Um, while I'm doing that, uh, we'll just get to the next question. Uh, yeah. For this, uh, just what are your thoughts on the Cavs firing uh, David Griffin and thoughts on them possibly adding Chauncey Billups? Uh, they fired David Griffin, man. Do you think that was just a little uh, panic for them losing the way they did in the finals, or do you think this was uh, just time for him to go? Reports were actually coming out that they were not agreeing on the direction that the franchise needed to go, which is super interesting to me. Um, the guy that helps bring in you know, uh, Kevin Love, the guy that, you know, basically helped assemble this team that got to the finals is disagreeing with other people, whether it's LeBron, I don't know. LeBron seems to be a full support of Griffin. So kind of makes me push LeBron aside in this conversation, but other people in the franchise and him not agreeing just seems kind of odd to me because it seemed like, you know, when they're making trades for Kyle Corver, they were agreeing on what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and then I was also hearing um, something like he didn't want to go for Jimmy Butler. And so nobody liked that either. So I, I think they were just starting to really butt heads on what they felt the direction of the franchise needed to be. And someone said, all right, that's enough, and you can be done. So a very interesting firing. Uh I don't know that I'm a big fan of it. I do think it is a bit of a panic move, but I don't know that it's a panic move because they lost the finals. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was a panic move. Uh, just because seeing as they won a title last year, 
usually that's pretty much the time where your GM gets a raise or promotion to president of operations, something along those lines. Like if you look across who they played the last three years, basically that's what happened with Golden State. Their GM, they won a title. They locked him in a long-term deal. They went to the finals a year after lost. I think they promoted him after that. Cleveland, you know, think also this is the same team that fired uh, Blatt. You know, they had the best record in the uh, East. They did it too, so. Yeah, but I feel like that was more of a LeBron decision more than Mm -hmm. a Cleveland decision. Uh, So, I mean, like, I feel like those two are a little bit different uh, because I feel like Griff, uh, he, he, he was building the team that the players we're we're happy with the way things are going, and like I said, they they may they went to the finals and got waxed, but they went to the finals. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and he he was a big part of that uh, for them going to these three straight finals. Like he he put the pieces together every year to make sure they got over that hump. He he cleared the way for LeBron to come back as far as you know securing Kevin Love to make sure they would have a, a palatable place for LeBron to come back to. Uh, he he looked to try to make the deals that they wanted to make to be competitive in this year's finals, and some of them turned out not to be good once we got to crunch time, but he made the move to get Darren Williams. He made the move to get Corver. He made the move to uh, get Bogut uh, to try to set them up for this. And, I mean, from – other things that I've I've heard and, and read, like he was he was trying to work on getting either Paul George or Jimmy, but he was working the phones for deals for those two players, basically up until he got the the final word that they weren't going to renew his contract after it extends after it ends on the thirtieth. Yeah. So. It, it, it's weird on that that front. Uh, just was this is a team that's gone to the finals three th- three straight years and has won a championship in one of those. And it seems like a lot of the players are are not at ease because of this uh, decision. Uh, you know, LeBron has mentioned his name in the media, saying that he thought he should get a deal like as recently as like a month ago. So <laughs> seeing as as him and and ownership don't have the greatest relationship because of when he left the first time and we had that ridiculous article that went into the Cleveland newspaper basically treating LeBron like trash and he he still came back and brought a title back. I don't, I, I think Cleveland is ba- basically they're helping push him out the door next year. Yeah. All right, guys, anything else to add to that one? Nah. Okay. All right, uh, up next, we're about to talk about LeBron. Uh, what's next for him with these uh, rumors flying around? Uh, I know we are just talking about L.A. Uh, Gordon Hayward, his contract does end uh, for 2018, but I would love to see, man, if they could somehow make this happen now with uh, rumors coming out that his wife uh, wants to go to L.A., have my man Lonzo at the one, uh, Gordon Hayward at the two, Paul George at the three, LeBron at the four, and have Brooke Lopez hey. over down at the five. So 
hey, what, I, what I'm hearing is uh, wrong LA team, buddy. <laughs> wrong, wrong LA team from what I'm hearing. Oh, man. Yeah, do, do y'all know who the godfather of LeBron's children is? One Christopher Paul. Well, Ooh. Christopher Paul goes to San Antonio. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that, that could throw a wrench in it. Yeah. yeah. But, He's the but godfather. You know, his That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did not yep. know that. And, and, you know, and Chris Paul is up for one of those ridiculous Supermax deals yeah. if he stays with the Clippers. So, I mean, I think I like the sound of a $250 million contract with LeBron coming next year more than <laughs> – Going to San Antonio. I mean, I guess it comes down to how, but how soon does he want to challenge for a ring? But yeah. Well, and, and to, to that point there, him getting that big, big contract, I'm hearing Blake Griffin's name more for leaving the Clippers than I hear Chris Paul's name for leaving. So, and, and it does to me seem like either. Chris Paul or Blake Griffin are leaving the other staying and I wouldn't be surprised if they are going to let Blake Griffin go because I think Chris Paul is worth more to the Clippers than Blake Griffin is right now. I'd agree with that. Yeah, so, you know, we're looking at that um, and then like you just said with a connection of LeBron to Chris Paul, you know, that makes sense. And I don't know if you guys remember, but just a couple of years ago, LeBron came out and said, I want to play with all my homies, basically. Mm-hmm. So he's played with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. That leaves who? That leaves Carmelo Anthony. And that leaves Chris Paul. This is a good opportunity for him to check one more off that list. And it would still send him to a team... That's pretty well established. It's not like he's going to be going in and, you know, basically having to start with a bottom feeder. Like he, they're a playoff team. Uh, they, you know, they always seem to find a way to lose the series. But Le- LeBron can carry them through a first round. Like that's not an issue for LeBron. But you know, I think it would be super interesting to see LeBron in the Western Conference. It would be different. Uh, it would be. Interesting to see him more so get a tougher challenge in the second round rather than having to wait for the finals. Yeah. Um, but till the finals. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I I would be I would still be very surprised if he left Cleveland. I, I just I just would I don't know. I mean, money and all that talks, but uh, I I just think that. You know, winning the championship for Cleveland, it'd be hard for him to leave a second time. Granted, I think if he were to leave, he'd get a different send-off than he got the first time because he brought them a championship. But I still think they'd be very bitter because they will stand there and say, you only brought us one. Like, Well, I mean, he brought them their only team championship in how long? Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. No, yeah, I think it's over 50. It was over fifty. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Chicago. Sorry, I'm going. <laughs> the Cubs. I'm going. I'm going Cubs. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, LeBron, like he, he basically single handedly lifted that whole city up. If if they want to oh, go yeah. back to burning jerseys, I mean, I I, I, I get, I'm an outsider. I'm not from there, but I mean, LeBron yeah. knows the whole thing now after he got them the title. Yeah, and 
know, and and he even swallowed his pride to go back and play for Dan Gilbert, like I said, said earlier. Put an article in the paper, basically ripping him and, and calling him everything but a not a guy. So <laughs> it's, I, I think he he accomplished all he needs to. He he should be able to go wherever he wants and do whatever he wants as far as the NBA goes now. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're about to get into the draft. Uh, before we get into this year's draft, uh, I'm about to just start it off with a question uh, for you guys. Uh, just personally, what's your favorite draft of all time? All right, no one, though, Darnell going to pick. But... Go for it, Darnell. <laughs> Since Trey already knows. Oh, I, I think my favorite one is the one that included LeBron, Mello, and Wade and Bosch. I just feel like recent history is, is one that's, I mean, I was of age to watch and just seeing how much talent came out of that draft. Uh, I just think that was that one was the big deal for NBA history, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I really like that 2003 draft. Just studs up and down. Very top-heavy, though. Um, and the Pistons blew theirs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it? What was that 2003? So we're, what, 14 years later? I'm still a little better. Yeah. Uh, you know, but... I mean, even if you kind of look at that draft and round, you know, you had Luke Walton, who had a you know very solid NBA career. Steve Blake had a solid NBA career. Zaza Pachulia is in that second round. Uh, Mo Williams in the second round. James Jones, Kyle Corver's in that second round. So it's it's not like that was a slouch draft outside of the top. Uh, later in the first round, you know, you had uh, Boris Diaw and uh, just like. Luke Ridenauer, you know, just guys that were solid names in the NBA. Uh, but we get so caught up in who won through, basically one through five were, that we forget about some of the other guys in that draft who are still playing. Um, but another one, I'm just going to pick something just to be different. Um, I actually like the 2015 draft with Carl uh, Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Jalil Okafor. That one was very star-studded as well. I mean, Devin Booker goes 13th, like Kelly Oubre. Just guys from big-time programs were getting picked uh, left and right. And it, it just made it a lot of fun because it's always a fun draft when you know the guys that are being drafted. You know, when we get these drafts that are very internationally uh, heavy, you know, it's kind of like, well, we don't really know much about them. So it's tough to judge how teams are doing. But it seemed like, you know, we we knew of everybody being picked in the top 20. Uh, so that 2015 draft was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, just for the sake of some big names being in it, and we knew who they were, made it great. Um, and that one also went, went uh, deep, at least for the first round it did. Um, you know, we get caught up in Carl Anthony Towns just because of what the player he's blossomed into. But um, you know that that draft had some had some good players going down um, all the way uh, all the way through that first round. So I, I like the 2015 draft as well. Yeah. Uh, just for me, man, I got to give a shout out. Uh, you know, to the '96 draft. Uh, these this was a draft where a lot of my uh, guys that really got me into into watching the NBA uh, came 
um, in this draft. So, you know, Kobe Bryant, all-time favorite, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash. Uh, yeah. Also had Marbury. Uh, ben Wallace went undrafted that year. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, Ray Allen. Uh, yeah, Sh- Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Uh, just had some good, talented players out there, man, that made a splash in this league. Uh, some Hall of Famers, and um, also had your guy, uh, Kerry Kittles. Uh, Darnell led the uh, New Jersey. My guy. Yeah, you led New Jersey. <laughs> led New Jersey to the finals, man. So he <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yeah, man. Uh, just ninety six, man. Uh, you know, just a lot of talented guys. Uh, you know, yeah. Also, Marcus Canby, uh, another uh, defensive beast uh, that came out of that draft. So, just a lot of talented players. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you didn't give a shout out to the eight four man. I mean, it's it's a big one, but I mean, I was two years old, so it's yeah. not, like, <laughs> not like I was sitting on my dad's knee watching it, going <laughs> that Jordan, that Jordan guy's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I hear you, man. All right, uh, guys, uh, since we got that out the way, what just, uh, just thoughts on this upcoming draft? Uh, a lot more excited than last year's because I feel like there's some talent in this one. Like, mm-hmm. we, we might get not like some. We're not going to be like looking at a guy that got drafted the year before is in the discussion for rookie of the year, even the, even though missing half the season. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, I, I feel like we got a good crop here, especially like backward players we, we got a lot of good good guards and and, and swing uh mm-hmm. wing players in this draft so I, I think we're gonna have some some fun players that come out of this yeah yeah i i agree i feel like this is gonna be one of those drafts and we're still looking at some really good names being drafted though uh, i think this could be one of the deeper drafts i don't think we're gonna have you know, a lot of studs come out of this draft, but I think we're going to get some guys that, that'll be in the league for, for quite a while. Um, and, you know, I'm excited for some of the later picks in the first round because I feel like once we kind of get past, you know, the Lonzo Balls, the Markel Folds, Josh Jacksons, Jason Tatums, uh, once we get past those guys, I, the draft opens up uh, quite a bit. So, you know, I think once we hit picks, you know, six through 15, really, you know, Anybody can get taken right right in that slot. So uh, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be exciting, a lot to anticipate. Um, but once again, like I alluded to, it's a draft full of names we know. Uh, when we know the guys, it's a lot more fun. So uh, there will be a few international guys who we'll need to read up on and um, and catch some film. But, uh, you know, majority of this draft we know, and that's always exciting for me. All right, guys. Now, what were your thoughts on the uh, Philly but Boston trade uh, when it first came out? That uh, Boston was uh, wanted to get that first round, uh, what that first pick of the draft. So, and you well, think it I was mean, a good deal? I, I think so, just because I, I feel like it. It probably it made it made Isaiah Thomas feel a lot more comfortable. <laughs> Let me just say that. Uh, because I, I think it took the pressure off of having to to draft faults and have the questions looming all summer. Like, is is it getting moved? 
how are they going to figure out who's playing the point, who's going to play off the ball, and all that kind of stuff. Will they be able to guard any teams with bigger guards? Uh, and also, I, th- I, th- I feel like Danny Ainge must have had his eye on other players anyway. So mm-hmm. he was perfectly fine making that move to, you know, get a couple assets and and improve his team in a, in a different way. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, yeah go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, I think it's also good for Philly. Uh, it moves them up. They get to get the number one pick. Uh, they are looking like in the next couple of years, they're, they should be a fun team to watch that's getting into the playoffs, hopefully. Uh, and you know, having folks thrown into that mix with the players that they have already, I'm, I'm interested to see it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, shortly after that trade went through, uh, Danny Ainge came out and said, we're still taking the player we would have taken number one. Uh, so to, to me, that shows either one, Boston's just putting up a front that they're like, we don't really care about the number one pick. Or two, they truly will be drafting who they would have drafted number one and number three. Um, and I think that's assuming, well, obviously it's assuming that LA takes Lonzo. Um, but, you know, I think there's still a world of possibilities for them at three. I think it allows them to uh, take a wing small forward player. Uh, which I assume they will take. Uh, but j- just a quick question for you guys. Like, does Danny Ainge go down as the best GM, like, in the league right now? Like, is he the best GM even within the last, like, 10 years? Like, he's made some big time deals here for this team that's really built them up. He, he's been very consistent. Uh, but I have a hard time putting anybody over, over West. No, I, and I, I agree, but I, I guess my point is, like, he's at least in that conversation. Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. not mad at anybody that wants to put him up there. Yeah. Uh, but, but just, I mean, over the, over his tenure, he's yeah, he's built some consistent teams. I mean, they've had some down years, but you can see even through the down years that he's been making moves for the future that – to give them to give them a future. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and I think the interesting thing about it is he got the results of tanking without tanking. Which is kind of interesting to me. Like they they didn't take the traditional we're gonna tank, ship everybody out, and literally be a bottom feeder in the league. Like they never I, at least I don't I don't remember them hitting that point, but like they you know, may not have been you know the team they are now, but they took a very untraditional approach to you know stocking up on draft picks high in the draft to getting players through trade. Uh, granted, Isaiah Thomas working out maybe maybe more luck than anything else. But hey, I mean, like he was the last pick of the draft the year he was drafted, so. Um, I, I just find it very interesting the way the Celtics have gone about it in the area of tanking. Um, just how they've found a way to get it all together. And, you know, and it's all on Danny Ainge. He, he's been the mastermind behind it all. So for them to trade this number one pick, I'm not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. 
All right, guys. Now, um, for the Celtics, there was rumor going around that they possibly wanted to trade IT, uh, you know, to get false to have them better suit them. Then Philly, uh, traded up, uh, to get false. Uh, do you guys mm-hmm. think he's really worth all this, uh, that's going on, uh, with them trading up and everything to get him? I mean, for where he slotted, I mean, it was just a trade from three to one. I mean, Philly, Philly did have to give up some future assets, but they're protected draft picks, so they're not mortgaging their future at all to move up these two picks. But, I mean, if that's who they really want, then, yeah, it's, it's worth it. Uh, this is the number one projected guy, and uh, Danny Aiden ended up saying, like, like Ty said a- after the trade, that they're still who, who they wanted to draft is on the table now. Uh, but I mean, so this, this puts Philly in a position to make sure the guy that they want is there for him. Um, because I mean, there was still a, a little bit of question as far as the Lakers, do they take faults? I mean, I mean, do they take lines on ball? And, you know, I've, I've heard, I've heard rumblings that magic really likes De- De'Aaron Fox as well. So yeah, there's just a question of, who they wanted was he going to be there? So they made the move forward. If it's false, which most people yeah. think, then yeah, I think so. Uh, he, I think he's going to be a very good guard in the league, and putting him with a young team like that that he can grow up with, I, I definitely think that's that's a good thing. Yeah, um, completely agree. You know, I, I never blame someone for getting who they believe is their guy. I'll, I'll never blame a team for that. You know. With Danny Ainge saying who we would have taken at number one, we will still take at number three. I mean, it shows that it wasn't necessary, but like I said, that, that could have been a bluff quote. We don't know that. And, you know, the Lakers also came out and said they liked Martel Fultz. You know, the, the Lakers are, the Lakers are trying to keep their option open verbally, even though they may be set on taking Lonzo Ball. Like, we don't really know what the Lakers are going to do. And there's still a lot of intrigue. And even like Darnell said, they're interested in De'Aaron Fox. We don't know what they're going to do. We just all assume it's what they're going to do. So for Philly to jump up, get Fultz at one, totally cool with it. Because the last thing they wanted was to sit tight, think they're going to get Fultz at three, and the Lakers take him at two. That would have been the last thing they wanted. And to prevent that, you just trade up, get the number one pick, sleep at night. I just found it a little interesting, uh, because, um, you know, faults, uh, played a point, uh, but 76ers, uh, there was rumor going around that they, if Ben Simmons was to get healed up and everything, they was going to have him at, has their point guard. I was reading, uh, that. So, uh, just them draft them just to see how they're going to work with, uh, have those two work it out for them, uh, false and Ben Simmons. So this was a little interesting to read about. I don't All right, think guys. it would hurt to have a big guy that can bring the ball up. Yeah. I mean, Golden State, Cleveland, bigger guys bringing the ball down the floor. Yeah. Seems to work. Yeah. But all right, guys. Uh, now we're about to get into uh, talk about the uh, the draft. Our little predictions for the top five teams. Uh, so. Started off, uh, Philly, uh, it's pretty much safe to say, uh, they're getting, gonna get false, right? Yeah, they've announced that, yeah. so, yeah, it's out there. Yeah, so, 
L.A. Uh, for two, we both got Lonzo Ball. Yeah, yeah. I, I have them. I have them taking Lonzo. <laughs> and, well, then, well, how h- how about this? If they don't take Lonzo Ball, who do you think they take? Well, as I said, my thought earlier, I think it was Darren Fox. Okay. Yeah, I I would agree with you there, especially with um, rumblings of them going for. Paul George, I don't know why they would want to take another wing guy. So I, I agree, De'Aaron Fox, yeah, I, I think he could be a fit there. Okay, uh, then we go to the Celtics. Uh, how did you guys feel about the Celtics? What do you think they will do? We both thinking Jackson. To- This one's a little tougher for me because reports have been coming out recently that they're getting real interested in Jason Tatum. Yeah, I've seen that too. So I'm seeing that. I wouldn't be surprised if they go Tatum here. And he's a bigger body, uh, not as good of a shooter, but I think he's a little bit better near the rim. Yeah. Uh, He can shoot, and I think he'll develop. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go for the bigger body here in Tatum. I wouldn't be shocked with that, but I think I'm still leaning more towards Jackson because he, he's he's a little bit better of a defender, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that Boston they need some help, especially you know, yeah. on the outside trying to uh, lock up some people and some more help to hide it mm-hmm. on the defensive end, and you know. He's he's a lengthy wing player, so should be able to guard three positions, and it's very athletic. Uh, yeah, I know he'll give up some size. He doesn't have the interior game that is possible with Tatum, mm-hmm. but I, I think there's more upside for him to get Jackson. Yeah, but it's one of those two. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now, how about Phoenix? Well, Treyon, if you had Twitter, you would notice that I'm tagging Darnell in something. Well, I tagged him in it about half hour ago. Uh, looks like the Suns are possibly trying to deal the fourth pick for an established player, which I think could be very interesting. See a team trade up. Um, granted, I don't know who they'd be trading with. I don't know what team is willing to trade up uh, and give up an established player, but I- I'm going to assume they hold the pick. Uh, I think Josh Jackson would be an incredible fit there. Uh, young team, explosive offense, play alongside Booker. Uh, I, I think he could be a fun, fun fit there. Um, but, and I think you'll agree with me here, Darnell, whoever the Celtics take Tatum or Jackson, the other goes to Phoenix. Ah, I'm actually Ooh, thinking probably. No. If, if, no. the, if the Lakers stick with ball, I think Fox goes here. Okay. Uh, I, I think that would be the backcourt mate for, for Booker that they're looking for in here. Okay. And, you know, okay. Reasonable size point guard, 6'4", 170th. I think they would. Yeah. They they have a fast-paced team, and I think he would fit well with it. No, that's, that's true. Um I mean, weren't they comparing De'Aaron Fox to uh, 
John Wall and how fast he gets up the floor. Yeah. So yeah, th- that makes a lot of sense. I, I for some reason I just think they they'd take Jackson here. Um, personally, like well, if, like if he's team. available, I, I think I, like I would have him rated higher. So yeah, if he's yeah. there, that that's who I would take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I but I'm just I'm just going off of my draft board. I have Jackson gone already, so that's that, what I would have yeah, slotted. That, that, that's fair. Yeah, and the, and that's why I have either Tatum or Jackson going here because they'd be next best available, and it seems like the NBA draft tends to be a next best available kind of a draft. Yeah. So so I'll take uh, Josh Jackson there for. Okay. And last uh, we have Sacramento Kings, a team that always seems to kind of blow it. Yep. <laughs> you know, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So for me, I mean, we've talked about a lot of the same players, you know, in that top five. So this is where I would have Tatum slotted to go. Uh, yeah, you know, in picks, who who's left over there? Uh, they, they would take Tatum here. Uh, I, I mean, I guess. I guess they could look otherwise. I mean, it's Sacramento, so they they can they can surprise you. I mean, I guess possibly yeah. look Jonathan Isaac or something like that. But uh, yeah, if if they were to take Jonathan, if they were to take Jonathan Isaac, I I feel like that'd be I, I if I were a Kings fan, I'd be booing there. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I actually have them going with Fox. Uh, you know, for me, it's just the idea that. I don't know. They they like to draft guards. They they do. They they just they always seem to get a guard and then ship them out. It just seems to be what they do. So um, I bet they like Fox a lot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like you said, Arnold, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone by then. You know, he'd be a, a very interesting fit for Phoenix, and uh, I actually agree, he'd be a good fit there. Um, but you know, since I didn't have him gone, I have him rounding out the top five. All right, uh, now before we go to the uh, Pistons, I uh, just wonder, like, do you guys have a player um, in mind that you guys think is kind of overlooked um, in this draft that you think can make a big impact in the NBA, or how do you guys feel? Yeah, one player I think that I think could actually have a pretty solid career um, is going to be Lori Markinen. Uh, big guy, seven footer that can spread the floor and shoot. Uh, he'll need to work on his uh, on his post game a little bit, but you know I, I think he could be a Porzingis type. Um, you know, in uh, he he averaged was it uh, forty two over forty percent from the field uh, for threes, uh, about fifty percent from the field uh, for twos. So the the guy can score. He's, he's got great touch. He's got nice hands. Uh, the knock on him, I believe, is his wingspan. His wingspan's a little, little small, but, uh, you know, I, I think he, he can, he could be a solid player that spreads the floor. He's kind of fitting into what the NBA likes to do. He can be a nice trail man. Uh, you know, one, one player that I, I kind of compare him to when it comes to the three point game would be like Rashid Wallace, how he always just kind of was a trail man and, He'd kind of get that, that pass at the top of the lane or the top three point lane and just pull up and shoot a three. 
Yeah. I think Markkinen could be a surprise in this draft. Um, I think he won't be in the top five if the team drafts him in the top five. I think they're nuts. But, uh, yeah, I think he's a player that, that could have a good impact. Uh, I've seen reports of him going to Minnesota. I don't think that's a good fit for him, though. Uh, but I think he could be he could be a pretty solid player in the league, given he gets minutes. All right. And I coupled it out there when uh, one I, he, he's dropped down just because he's an older player in the draft in this draft. Uh, but Justin Jackson, I, yeah. I think he he's one of the more NBA ready players just because he. Mm-hmm. he he played out his career at uh, UNC, uh, but he's he's good, pretty good on both sides of the ball. Uh, he can play D. He's a good offensive player. He can stretch the floor. Uh, he does a lot of things well. Uh, so I don't think he gets enough hype just because we're in this age of drafting on upside, outside of who can who can come contribute early. Uh, and I think he's one of those guys that can come on the floor and do something. Uh, on the uh, another one that I would say look for, he, he probably dropped on a lot of draft boards because of uh, big injury trouble last year. But OG and Obi, mm. uh, I think he could surprise some people uh, coming in uh, if healthy. I think he he's one that has a lot of upside, but he's going to be uh, a project for somebody to draft late. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I if I could just throw one more name in there real fast, um, a player that I think will draw a lot of intrigue, um, mainly because I don't really know what a team's really going to be able to get out of him. But it's Donovan Mitchell from Louisville. A lot a lot of teams are liking him. He's getting a lot of late late praise right before the draft. Shooting guard. Um, interesting to see where he goes, um, but you know he, he's a guy that can. He, he he has good ball control, can handle the ball. Uh, shoots pretty well, averaged under just under sixteen a game last year. Shooting uh forty percent field goals, thirty five from three. Um, you know, but a uh, good free throw shooter. You know, he he can add a lot to a team. He'll need to grow in the NBA a bit, but uh, I think he could be an interesting player. And then another one uh, player we've already talked about, uh, De'Aaron Fox, but his backcourt mate last year, Malik Monk. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how he kind of. Fairs in the NBA, uh, where he falls in the draft, uh, has definitely been overshadowed by De'Aaron Fox, but Malik Monk had a pretty good year as well. So, um, yeah, I don't think we should be, should be counting him out. Average almost 20 a game last year. All right, now guys, uh, now for the Detroit Pistons, uh, who would you guys like to see, uh, them get? I think Darnell and I agree on this one, mainly because we've talked about it before. But I'd love to see them get Justin Jackson. Man, I will be ecstatic if they can grab him. I just think yeah. I just think he fits. I agree. Uh, I mean, that's that's one that I'd like to see them get. I think he's, and I think he's somebody that uh, SVG would actually like to have come in and work with because you know. He's a more mature rookie, uh, so it would be somebody that's better for the, him to work with, uh, somebody that will quickly learn the ways of the NBA, I guess. Uh, but after that, I guess 
I would also, I mean, I kind of liked his game watching watching him through attorney. I, I also am digging Zach Collins if they were to get him. The the only thing I really put against Collins is I felt like it seemed during, and granted, the NBA is completely different, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying here, but he seemed to get into some foul trouble pretty easily. Um, You know, he didn't have huge numbers, but what he did, he plays hard, he plays physical, and I think that will translate to the NBA very well. Um, And I think that's part of the reason he got into foul trouble so often is because he was a very physical player. Um, Why Zach Collins, I think, would be a fit, we don't know what's going to happen with Andre Drummond. Exactly. Uh, Aaron Baines just uh, declined his option, so he'll most likely be out. Uh, So that leaves right now for the center position Andre Drummond and Boban Bogdanovich. Um, Collins could be a nice security blanket there for the position. But I raised this concern when we talked about the Pistons uh, and the draft a few weeks ago. The Pistons get one pick here. Um, I don't see them making too big of a splash offseason with free agency. Uh, they're not really rumored to unless they're a seller and not a buyer um, in terms of a trade or something like that as well. Um, so he could be a nice security blanket, but with one pick, I feel like Pistons need to make a count. They they can't miss here. Um and I think Justin Jackson I think that's where you're gonna get the most value in the twelfth pick. A lot of mock drafts have him going in thirteen and eighteen. So it's not like he'd be a big reach at twelve. It's not like people are going, Wow, that's a surprise. Um but like Darnell said, I think he fits what SVG likes to do. And I think he'd be able to fit into the Pistons. He could shoot, which they need another shooter. So a lot of mock drafts have Pistons taking Luke Kennard, which I, I would not like Luke Kennard at all. Yeah, I think I that'd be a bad pick. I don't like him that early. I, I, I stated I stated this a minute ago with the Sacramento Kings. I will boo if we trap <laughs> Luke Kennard. I will tweet boo. I will tweet that out. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I just think Justin Jackson will give you the most production. He will be the one you can plug and play rather quick. Um, I know a lot of people were high on Stanley Johnson when we drafted him a couple of years ago, and I think Justin Jackson will have more of an impact now than Stanley Johnson has right now. And Stanley Johnson's, what, three going on his third season in the league? So, like, that just shows what I believe Justin Jackson can be. Um, and I, I will be a little upset if we pass on him, uh, but I would understand taking Collins. All right, guys. Now, anything else to add uh, before we close it off? Huh? Don't, don't, draft, don't draft Luke Kennard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about him just uh, doesn't make you guys comfortable, man? You just what? The style or what? Well, one, he's, he's not a great defender. Um, and that is one thing. I know Darnell holds in high, high regards. Um, he will knock somebody if you are not a good defender. Um, even average defender, we can live with. Um, yeah. I, I just don't think he's that great. But I, I also feel 
in the NBA, he will be a J.J. Redick. He'll be a guy that can just spot up and shoot. He'll be a Kyle Korver. He'll be a shooter. In college, you can get to the rim. Like, if you're a good college player, you'll get to the rim. You won't get to the rim in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and Luke, Luke Kennard, outside of his shooting, I don't know what much he has to offer for an NBA roster. Yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much is my whole thought on it. He, he's a very good shooter. Uh, he, he's smart. Uh, but I just, yeah, you're drafting somebody to pull off the bench for certain situations and hope you can have a couple plays set up to get him on a wing or in the corner or something to hit threes. And I, I'm not about a lottery pick for that. No. I, I want somebody that can be a, a bigger boost. Uh, I mean, Reddick, it, it took like six years of the league, but like, yeah. At least he turned into somebody that you can trust every now and to create a shot for himself. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we'd have that with Kennard. Uh, like I said, he, he's smart. He can play decent enough pick and roll, like to set up things for himself. But I just turned by any two guard in the league. Uh, if they see him coming up to guard, it's going to be clear out. I got this. Well, and, and I'll. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm saying that, and that's that's a you you brought up. That's a big negative for me. If if I if I can't trust you on an island with somebody, uh, where I have to have somebody back you up, I'm not I'm not here for that. Well, and and I'm also kind of looking looking at it in terms of okay, Josh Jackson can play some shooting guard. I'd rather have Josh Jackson over Luke Kennard. Granted, Josh Jackson's at the top of the draft. I'd rather have Malik Monk. Then Luke Kennard, I'd rather have uh, Donovan Mitchell than Luke Kennard. And, you know, in reality, um, he'll be more of a forward, but still um, a guy that you could see play a little bit of the two, like OG Ananobi could be, and I'd rather have him than Luke Kennard. So right there's four guys I'd rather have you know, who can potentially play the two than Luke Kennard. And I'm looking at Justin Jackson and I say Tatum, Jackson, and then I would actually have Justin Jackson as my third and ranked small forward there. Um I like I like Jackson better than Ananobi. I like Jackson better than or uh yeah, Justin Jackson. Uh better than Ananobi. Uh I actually like Jackson better than Malik Monk uh, for a two. Wow. But uh, j- just because of what the Pistons are, um, you know, they, I feel like Malik Monk for the Pistons would not be a great fit. Like KCP is that defender we need um, and the shooter we need. He really kind of came into his own this year. I-, I really hope the Pistons can hold on to him for a while. And if we can hold on to him, I don't want to draft a guy that we'd ship off in three or four years because he feels like he needs a contract. Um, I'd be way more willing to hold on to Josh Jackson than Marcus Morris. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I'd have him over Tobias Harris, but I like Justin Jackson more than Marcus Morris. Interesting, man. 
So, uh, and, and the thing is, we can't keep all the guys on the current roster forever. So eventually contracts run out, you ship them off. Um, you know, which is why, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we take Collins knowing that Drummond's probably not coming back. Uh, but I would actually be okay with Drummond not coming back because the league's passing him by too. You know, like we talked about with Dwight Howard, you know, Drummond can't shoot the ball, can't shoot a free throw. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a liability. You know, one of your highest paid guys, you can't even have him on the floor when the game's close because other teams will foul him and get a free possession. Yeah, you know, so so I mean, I that's why I wouldn't be surprised if they go Collins, but I really want Justin Jackson. All right. Okay, you uh, you got anything else to add to that, Darnell, or anything else you guys want to add? No, I think Ty mopped it up pretty well there. All right. Yeah, so in short, we want Justin Jackson. At least Darnell and I do. (laughs) At least Darnell and I do. All right. If we stand alone, so be it. We got each other's back on it. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, guys, I appreciate y'all for checking us out. Um, As always, you can find us... uh, podcasts on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud. Uh, also check us out on Twitter um, at DKM underscore cast. Um, as always, appreciate you guys for checking us out. Catch y'all next week with another one. So, peace.